listening to Double Exposure with Sophia Lemon and Petro, a show by photographers for photographers, a show dedicated to photography and business. Today's show is made possible by Camera Canada. Shop online for your equipment at cameracanada.com. And here's Petro and Sophia. <laughs> I like the head nod. That really helps. Good. <laughs> Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, hello, Sophia. Hello, Petro. Hello, hello. <clears throat> so uh, let's uh, let's start off today's episode, and uh, uh, let's. Uh, how about uh, we talk about what's new? Okay. So at the end of the last episode, you said something about learning from our mistakes. Yes. <sighs> well, I made a mistake, Petro. <laughs> uh oh. So I have a MailChimp mailing list, um, Mm -hmm. which everyone should have. So if you do not yet have a mailing list, go sign up at MailChimp. It's free to start and start creating a mailing list. Anyway, so I sent out my monthly newsletter at the beginning of October, and I don't know if you're on my mailing list. I don't think you are, but you should Oh, I sure am. Okay. So did you get my email? I did. That started with, hey... F name. F name. That's right. I did. <laughs> and then did you get my follow-up email, which said, hey, Petro, sorry about of that last email where you probably thought I didn't know your first name. Um, so what happened was I put in the um, the tag incorrectly. So my email that went out to several hundred people um, did not have their first name in that spot of course um so it was incredibly what a noob mistake pardon yeah what a noob mistake i know (laughs) it was really embarrassing um and anyway i sent i I sent out the email um apologizing for it and then you know trying to make fun of myself um and the surprising part of the story is that the response to my apology email was really good like probably the best response i have ever gotten from (laughs) a newsletter (laughs) (laughs) i literally had former clients emailing me being like you know no comment on my screw up but you know did you um do you have fall portraits happening this year um i had a lot of people send me an email back laughing and saying thanks for fixing that and (laughs) yeah it was just it was funny it it turned out well did you you know did did you book any clients? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not yeah. a bad thing. Yeah. Maybe maybe people want to get things that are a little bit more personal. Well, yes, I think that is true. Um, but I, for me, I think the moral of the story here is when you screw up, just, you know. Own it. Own fix it. it. Don't, don't, yeah. <laughs> don't try to brush it under the rug, you know, be honest about it. And <laughs> Well, this is a pretty dumb one, one other thing I said uh, in the last week's episode was that I have absolutely no no problem admitting when I make a mistake. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's, uh, <laughs> that takes a, you know, you can make up an excuse or you can just say, <laughs> okay, I, I honestly just screwed up and own it, own it. Um, he'll get you a lot further. It's mm-hmm. really funny. You'll make some friends along the way. <laughs> people <laughs> yeah. people will reach out well. and say, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, if, if people are not on my mailing list and they would like to get my screw-up emails, they should probably go sign up for my mailing list, which they can do at my website, which is sophialemon.com. But anyway, Petro, what's new with you? 
Well, if you uh, go to luxphoto.co, which is our website, we currently are pointing it to our Facebook page. Yeah. Um, yeah, trying to reinvent ourselves a little bit. Actually, my plan is to uh, build a website from scratch with my class that I teach, um, where oh. I teach a little bit. Yeah, I want to I wanna show them. Uh, I just want to do it with them. Mm-hmm. And I want to show them that it's doable. I want to show them that you can achieve a professional looking portfolio page. Uh, and we're using WordPress and I'm showing them how to build their templates and things like that. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> this is part of the photography program at Lambton College. Speaking of photography program at Lambton College, the uh, second year students are away on a field trip this week. Field trip is to New York City. What? So our, what? Yeah, we yeah, did not pretty, have trips to New York City we, at Fanshawe. <laughs> I, funny enough, we did. Wait, uh, what? We used, we used to. Um, it all kind of stopped. Um, the, the the first year that I was, or my first year when I was a student, it stopped then. <laughs> oh, did so you ruin it? I, I, I can't take credit for that because <laughs> I think it might land, you know, I might end up in jail, but... Um, uh, just what happened was uh, the insurance rates uh, skyrocketed after uh, yeah. the 9-11 incident. Yeah, for sure. So that's uh, that's when I was a first-year student in 2001 mm-hmm. at Fanshawe College. And uh, yeah, so they're, they're go- it's going to be interesting. When they come back, they get to uh, create um, an album from their trip. Oh. So it's another cool thing that we didn't do at Fanshawe that I'm... Uh, I've implemented at the Lambton College, um, so designing books and uh, designing photo albums and things like that's that. That's really smart. So there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of business that's uh, actually infused into that program. So um, what what are they going to be taking photos of? Like what might appear whatever in their they album? Want. Whatever they want. Just basically, you know, they're, they're doing a lot of tourist uh, kind of things. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know create tourist photos but i also told them that if you want to photograph people random strangers mm-hmm. classmates go go for it you know whatever whatever makes you happy um and and uh the book that they're designing there is actually going to have an author's page too oh neat so it's going to be a, a photo about them where they kind of tell a little bit of a story about themselves and it's going to be on the last page or on the cover on the back on the cover whatever wherever they want to put it I uh, promote a lot of creative control in my program. So I'd kind of tell them, look, this is what I'm looking for, but you decide based on your design. And uh, this is this is actually an in-class assignment where the person who photographs them is actually their, their classmate. So it's not a self-portrait, but it, yeah. but you have to you have to choose a partner and the partner has to photograph you. And I said, since you're going to, to New York, why not have a really cool portrait taken in New York? Yeah. So since since they're going to be in New York during my class time, they're going to be doing that little assignment there too. Cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So um, and you know your your grade is riding on the ability of your partner oh to photograph you, and your partner's grade for the in class assignment is riding on you being available for them. So it's. <laughs> Hopefully teaching them a little bit about how to deal with uh, potential clients or yeah. how to deal with other, you know, tradespeople. Well, and, especially like, uh, you know, in New York, 
where there's tons of tourists dealing with all the people. (laughs) And I remember (laughs) doing that. Are you getting anxious just by thinking about it? (laughs) Well, I remember doing this gosh darn assignment at Fanshawe where we had to go to the, the market and we had to take pictures. Um, so like photojournalistic style photos. And I was not yeah. happy trying to do that assignment because I, I, did not, I didn't want to take pictures of random people. <laughs> I didn't want to be in a public place and pointing my camera at people and taking photos. I felt super yeah. awkward about it. And that's why I gave them a little bit of a creative control. They can take pictures of uh, monuments or bridges or buildings or okay, trash. Well, I have a funny story for you. Yeah. <laughs> not about trash. <laughs> Um, so to conclude on what else is new, I, <laughs> uh, we're uh, completely overwhelmed with the amount of uh, photo shoots we did this year. Um, we're very behind uh, uh, putting together a few last minute albums, putting yeah. together some orders for canvases. Uh, your canvases are going oh, to be yeah. finished this week and in the mail. And for those of you who don't know, I have a printing business uh, where it it is not open to the public, but uh, professionals uh, anywhere in the world really can take advantage of this. Uh, We put your photos on canvas, stretch them all in-house and ship them anywhere. We can even drop ship them to clients. And um, in addition to that, we also do uh, regular photo printing. Um, And uh, yeah. We so, only offer this service to other professionals. So when you get like inundated with canvas orders um, from all of the people listening to this podcast, are you still going to put my photos at the top of the queue so I get them like super fast? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You I mean, first come, first served. <laughs> well, interestingly enough... Um, we we print canvases twice a week, uh, typically on Wednesdays and Sundays. Um, and unless there's a rush order, we just sometimes wait. So if uh, if somebody orders a really small, like a 12 by 12 canvas on a Wednesday um, or before the Wednesday, I'll quite often reach out to them and say, look, is it okay if you wait a couple of days extra? I really want to just, I'll just print a more on a Sunday. And, you know, most people are, are really good and they're like, yeah, yeah, totally. You know, that's, you've never been uh, past your two week turnaround time. Yeah. And uh, quite often, especially, uh, I won't mention any names like Dave Sanford or anything. <laughs> um, yeah, he'll call me and he'll say, I need this done yesterday. And, you know, I'll be driving to the, to the studio, uh, at midnight to, to do a big 20 canvas print order or something. (laughs) That's mean. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, well, uh, certain people just need to, uh, just need to be, uh, kept uh, a little happier than others. I would, I I didn't know that I could make those requests. You can, you can make those requests. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a small charge just added just a little tiny one. (laughs) I don't know that it's in my personality. I'm more the. I'm more the, um, um, if you can, however, I can make it easier for you. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) But, but you know, you got to be careful. You got to stop saying that. Um, because if you say that to me, quite often you'll be put on the back burner and the back burner, well, the back burner tends to be, you know, at the back and, and (laughs) (laughs) so, so when, when, when we get overwhelmed with things like this, you unintentionally um 
kind of forget about certain things and and I don't and you know for the word forget is is not the right the right word you unintentionally don't reach out to people and say look I know it's been three weeks <laughs> I'm I'm getting it done today or tomorrow I apologize for the delay you know so well you I'm, haven't taken three weeks with me yet so not yet no <laughs> and hopefully it never comes um, no i don't think i'll let you get a th- get to three weeks but i'll be very <laughs> kind about it <laughs> i appreciate it and, so, and on that note although we did have a an incident where your print order just kept coming like bouncing around we, we did lose a, a print order for you really yeah oh yes Canada i remember Post that one or, yes yeah <laughs> yeah so but it came through eventually um and you did you did get it and you know i'm not gonna blame a certain post agency but we'll just leave it at that <laughs> well we've the clients were very our... happy when they got it that's so good that's fine. <laughs> well and we've since switched our uh, our couriers so that that's good too uh-huh. and we're now getting a better rate so we're actually able to offer free sh- free shipping on orders over a hundred dollars anywhere in ontario for sure <laughs> <laughs> So. Yeah, maybe don't say that too loudly. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, uh, business as usual. Um, middle of the week is take, taken up by uh, uh, my uh, teaching assignments. And uh, the weekends uh, here and there, we're still doing a wedding or an engagement shoot. We actually have an engagement photo shoot today. Ooh. Yeah. Um, actually, no. I take that back. Hannah did qual- clarify that that it's a, it's a Sunday. She put it in the calendar incorrectly. So we have an engagement <laughs> shoot on a Sunday. And uh, we just keep, you know, photographed a baptism uh, oh. on uh, on last Sunday uh, for for a good friend, another photographer, and uh, yeah, just a little bit of this, a little bit of that, keeping us busy. Yeah. Well. So. October twentieth. Cool. I want to talk about <laughs> October twentieth really quickly. Pardon. I want to talk about October twentieth really quickly. Okay. There Do is I need to open in, my calendar? What's happening? Uh, what, what well, is it? What is it? I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, there's a there's an event happening uh, hosted by our friends at Forest City Image Center, and uh, this event is open to everyone, but you do need to register in advance. And uh, I'm really slow at opening this thing here, <laughs> but it, it's being opened up right now as we speak. Okay. So it's actually a Canon photography event. It's a fashion photography with Billy uh, Chesson. I don't know how to pronounce Billy's last name, <laughs> but she's uh, excellent. And you can see, touch, and try the new 5D Mark IV camera. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. The best part about it is it's uh, free. It's at the Lamplighter Inn on Wellington Road in London, Ontario. Uh, and it's happening Thursday, October 20th at 7 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. And there's also some free refreshments. So um, if anything come out and meet some people so just to reiterate our last week's yeah no kidding make some friends Mm -hmm. right um uh for uh, camera canada is uh located in london at uh, 217 dundas street and uh also online at cameracanada.com and they're the host of this event so great people but that's awesome yeah so that's that's also what's in the news and uh yeah but we can move forward now speaking of people Yes. Yeah. We talked about people last episode. We talked about other photographers. What we did not talk about um, was all the other people that you're going to have to deal with being a photographer. (laughs) Ah. And not not necessarily your clients, but, you know, 
all the other people around your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a fun story for you. Are you ready for this? I'm, I'm ready. Before I start this story, I would just like to say <laughs> I am not going to exaggerate any part of this story. Um, it happened exactly as I am describing it, okay? <laughs> I will have to trust you. Okay. <laughs> um, so a few weeks ago, I had an engagement session with some clients who came up from, uh, sorry, came down um, from Northern Ontario. And because they're not from the area, they really relied on me to find a location for their photos. And they kind of wanted a rural look. So I asked my friend if we could use his farm. And he said yes. So we started out there, had a great session at his farm, and then went down the street, sorry, down the dirt road, which is mm-hmm. one lane, <laughs> um, to take some photos at this old stone wall. So this is, I, I don't even know what you would call them. It's, it's all, um, the stones are not like cemented together. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they're loose. They're yeah, sure. Loose <laughs> yeah, <loosey>. sure. <laughs> so take a bunch of photos there. Um, as it's getting dark, finish up our session. We walk back to our cars. A couple of the neighbors drove by and I've seen them, you know, on a semi-regular basis. So smiling and waving at the neighbors and all that fun stuff. And then they get in their car and they sit there for a little bit, a little bit while I am packing up my equipment, putting it in my car. They drive away. I drive away about a kilometer down the road. I'm going down this giant hill in Meaford. And suddenly there was a car about five feet away from my back bumper. And they're flashing their high beams and turning on their signal. And of course, I think this is like, this person wants to pass me probably. So at the bottom of the hill, I finally turned over. I think they, or pulled over, sorry. They must have been following me. Thank <laughs> God you didn't turn over. <laughs> I just flipped my car. No, um, they must have been following me for about two kilometers or something. Five feet from my bumper, flashing their high beams and putting on their signal. So I assume they wanted to pass me. No, they pull over behind me. So I, all of my doors are locked. I put my window down just a teensy little bit. And this man walks up to my car and he says, I just saw you come off of the side road. What were you doing? Were you taking stones from the wall? I said, no, I was, I was taking photos. I wasn't taking stones from Hmm. the wall. And he says, well, there's stones missing. Who was in that other car that left? Um, Did they take stones? I said, no, those were my subjects. They didn't take any stones. And he said, well, what were you doing? I said, we were taking photos. We did not take any stones. And he says, okay. Very suspiciously and (laughs) goes back, gets in his car. And I drive away. Um, And I figure that's kind of the end of it. Um, Well, later that night, I check my email And I have an email from my website. And this man had looked me up on Google, I guess, um, gone to my website, sent me an email saying, your subjects took stones. There are stones missing. Tell them to bring them back. (laughs) So just to clarify, I texted my clients. I said, "Um, did you guys happen to take any stones from the stone wall? They texted me back saying, no, we absolutely did not. Did something happen? And I sort of explained the situation a little bit to them. And I emailed the guy back and he seemed very aggressive to me, especially follow, like tailgating me. I was, 
<laughs> I hope no police are listening to this. I was driving a little bit over the speed limit and this guy was following me five feet from my bumper. So um, it, it, he seemed very aggressive to me. Um, I emailed him back. I said, uh, my clients did not take any stones. Um, in the future, I think it would be safer if you took license plates and then you know, went to the police with this information because it was very dangerous, the situation that you put us in. Um, and this email now seems an awful lot like harassment. Um, so, and I, I told him that he had frightened me. Um, so he emails back and he says, um, you shouldn't be frightened. I did not put us in a dangerous situation. Um, and, and yes, I have your license plate and in the future I will um, contact the police. <laughs> so I was describing this whole story to my friend um, whose farm we shot at and he was asking who it was and I said you know I think it's it's the person who owns the house across the road um, because I recognized the car when we stopped mm -hmm. um, as the car that pulled me over so I told him the car that pulled me over he goes yeah that guy lives across the road he doesn't even own that property that property belongs to someone else and on top of that the municipality owns the shoulder of the road that that stone wall is on um right. Absolutely. so yeah that was that's basically the extent of my story i ended up emailing him back saying i'm sorry i can't help you um, with the stones we didn't take them um, but what i can do is if you'd like to tell me about this wall because he said it was a a historic wall. Mm -hmm. If you'd like to tell me about the history of the wall, I'd be happy to post um, a photo and the story of it on my Facebook page. But other than that, I can't really, I don't have any stones for you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is my story. It's very stressful. <laughs> that could ruin your day. It really did. Although it was the end of the day. So mm -hmm. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's, it's really interesting, but, um, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I have, I'm, I have so many thoughts running through my head right now. <laughs> so many what ifs and, uh, you know, <laughs> what if you had to break suddenly and he just rear-ended you? Oh my goodness. If, if, <laughs> and okay. your trunk popped open and the, all the what? stones we... were in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he was looking in my car as he's talking to me mm -hmm. and I have all of my equipment in the backseat of my car. Like it was mm -hmm. pretty obvious that I was taking photos, didn't have any stones or anything, but had a deer jumped out in front of me, which is very likely where mm -hmm. we were, we were in the middle of the country. Um, if a deer had jumped out in front of me or even a rabbit or a raccoon or something, he would something have been dead. Worth, yeah. Something worth breaking for. Yeah. He would have been dead. Yeah. Um, because he would have run into my car. Both of us could have been dead because we were on a giant hill. Like if we had gone off the edge of the road, Jeez. it would have been a serious problem. So um, my question okay. is uh, to you, uh, did you ever at any point consider calling the police? Yes. Yeah. For sure. And what do you think the response time like that would be in the country? Um, so... One of the things that really bothered me about this situation is he said that he was standing at the edge of his property and was trying to wave us down, mm -hmm. um, which he was not doing. I, or I totally missed it. It's possibly, it's possible that he was standing at the edge of his property and I did not see him. I was just in some sort of, you know, euphoric post photo shoot sure. days, um, but did not see him. Um, but on top of that, he didn't follow the car with the two people in it with the man in it he followed right. the car with the single woman in it 
Right. A little freaky. Yeah. Um, I have had very good experiences with the OPP um, in this area. Mm -hmm. So I suspect that had I called them, the response would have been um, reasonably um, quick. Yeah. Okay. Um, But there wasn't really much to do. All they would have done was would probably be call him and say stop doing this <laughs> it might be worth it <laughs> um keep me posted i'd be curious to know if he's uh going to continue to harass you or not <laughs> yeah. um well as the, like i said the last thing i said to him was i offered him this option of telling me about the wall and i would post the picture in the story but that, i haven't heard anything back from him so and i, think I don't I think you of, will I no don't think i think i sort because... of diffused the situation with that he, i think he said he had video surveillance of the wall. They never so, do. um, I said, well, watch it. So <laughs> if you watch it, you'll see that we didn't take any stones. I, I, but. I love, I love when people lie like that to you. Um, <laughs> uh, completely off topic, but, uh, about five years ago, I was rear-ended by a man not paying attention and I was on a motorcycle. Oh, right. Yeah. Lucky for me, I jumped off the motorcycle literally right upon the impact of the front bumper to rear tire. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've, I'm personally unharmed, but I did receive a phone call from a man claiming to be the other driver's insurance broker. <laughs> yes. Right. So I, I, I don't know if it was or not. And he said, we have eyewitnesses. We have video surveillance that shows that I hit him. That you backed and into him? You know, I, ne- I never saw the copy of his re- police report, but the way it works in London is uh, if both vehicles are able to move and my bike was completely scuffed up, but I was still able to ride it. Um, even though it was underneath a, his car, I, I was able to ride it to a police reporting center mm-hmm. and then give my version of the story. And then he has 24 hours to appear at the police reporting center and give his version of the story. And unfortunately, if the if the two versions don't match up, the you you just end up dealing with your own insurance company but if both versions match up and the insurance companies can determine who's at fault then uh, with a no-fault insurance you basically don't have to you're not liable Um, so i dropped off my bike at uh, a place called english cycle where they have a body shop and mechanic shop where they can fix all of these things and I was just on hold waiting to hear from my insurance company who basically said, well, we received his uh, version of the story, his police report, and he says that you hit him. <laughs> and it sounds like he just knew how to work the system. Mm-hmm. And so when the, his broker person called and said, uh, we have eyewitnesses, we have um, uh, video surveillance, uh, I just calmly said, great. I will call my lawyer and we'll have this information, if you don't mind, send them this information so that we can see, you know, your client hitting me, at which point he just hung up the phone. That's funny. <laughs> yes. And, <laughs> and then uh, my insurance company called and said, uh, called me back and um, I told them the story what happened. They thought they were kind of surprised by that. And then <laughs> I all I did was ask for their email address. Because I took lots of photos of the scene, and lucky for me, when I emailed him the photos of of my bike being under the front bumper of his car, 
Yeah. Within 10 minutes, everything was figured out. I had the body yeah. shop call, call call me and say, uh, Petra, we're going to go ahead and fix your bike. Don't even worry about it. And <laughs> the, the, the best part about this was that uh, I had an offer uh, on my motorcycle not even fixed for $500 more than what I paid for it <laughs> when I bought it. So I said, sell it. <laughs> and I got a new bike. But... Uh, um, so you know, sometimes being diplomatic and just calling people out on things like that will take yeah. will will go a long way. So well, uh, I, I I definitely did not respond well to this guy. Like <laughs> the the second e- like I have it here. Sorry, I have his emails here. Um, yeah. <laughs> as soon and, as he said like. There was no chasing down that occurred. Certainly not putting anyone in danger. Um, as I did signal for you to pull over with the universal method, which I was not aware was driving a hundred kilometers an hour, five feet from <laughs> someone else's bumper, um, and flashing your high beams. Um, I, it, I had to like really choke back my words and wait before I responded to him again. Um, but I, I would not be surprised at all if this guy does have video surveillance. So when he emailed me from my website, he had to put his phone number in. So I, Mm -hmm. I, he has a GTA, um, area code. So Mm -hmm. I suspect he's one of those people who like people have vandalized his property and maybe he does, um, have video surveillance up, but again, not his property that we were on. I'm willing to bet a dollar. He does not. Well, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's fine. (laughs) But regardless, it, it wasn't his property and he chased me down. Like I don't, I don't care if he used a universal method to request that I pull over. He chased me down of course. on a road, sure. on a country road in the dark. That could be like, scary. <laughs> yeah. So always have backup. Always bring a friend who's oh a six goodness. foot five Samoan. Uh. <laughs> I was so frustrated. And I um, don't, I don't respond particularly um, diplomatically to those things like by email by text, for sure I can do that, um, but not when in a person. man chases me down on the road and like mm-hmm. and does that. Like even at a wedding, um, you know, like we have to deal with some interesting characters at weddings sometimes. Absolutely. Even in those cases, I can I can respond more diplomatically. But um, yeah, no, he just you put. Apparently, you put me in a dangerous situation, and I am gonna give you that look where. I, you are clearly crazy and I'm whipping out my impatient yeah. tone of voice and <laughs> <laughs> which brings, which brings us to the point of this episode, um, which is dealing with, uh, difficult people. customers, confrontation, <laughs> yeah, dealing with people in general, right? Well, how many times have you been at a wedding? Sorry, I'm still trying to calm down my voice here. <laughs> no, it sounds great on this end. <laughs> Good. <laughs> how many times have you been at a wedding and ha- you've had parents tell you how to do your job? Uh, seven. <laughs> like, <laughs> have you recorded I, these things? Like, <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I'm just yeah. kidding. There, there's not a number, but it's, it's pretty high. Um, yeah. it depends, it depends on the clients obviously, but, uh, it happens more often than not. Um, they, and it really depends who's flipping the bill. I find mm-hmm. if parents are involved in uh, paying for the wedding, they're going to be a little bit more yeah. hovery. And <clears throat> it also, de- a lot depends on the age of the client themselves. 
but it's never, you know, it's never how you think. Um, uh, I, I find that uh, sometimes the older the, the, the client and their parents haven't sort of let go yet, they'll mm-hmm. be they'll be in your face. But it's not always the parents either. Quite often, it is that person who is somehow involved in photography. <laughs> yes. And, you know. Actually, things. the one time I photographed a wedding party and the one bridesmaid was a photographer, she didn't mm-hmm. say a word. And they know I, not to. Exactly. Yeah. Because you're um, doing your job. You're working. Yeah. And so I'll share some stories based on my experience. One goes back to... Uh, about three or four years now. And it was actually a friend of mine from high school who got married, uh, whose uh, co-worker was invited to her wedding. And he happens to be the photographer at the company, Mm -hmm. or it may have been a cousin, but he's a photographer for this company. And their their photography, um, day-to-day photography includes him going around photographing uh, equipment like machinery. Well, this is a, we're talking about a company that has uh, millions and billions of dollars at their disposal. So when they purchase photographic equipment, they basically told him, do the research, tell us what we need to buy and we'll buy it. And of course he bought top of the line, everything. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) yeah, sure. You know, but the problem is he has no idea how to use it. He just puts it on the green setting and everything is automatic. And so uh, uh, I use uh, Canon equipment. He uses Nikon equipment. Uh, but he, just seeing his equipment bag and seeing his equipment, it sort of made me almost ner- not really nervous, but it made me question a lot of the things. Like, for example, why is he there? He was just a guest. He would, Nobody asked him to take photos, but he brought his uh, camera bag from work. And um, I'm talking about Nikon D4 with uh, 300 millimeter lens, 70 to 200, everything top of the line, every single lens. He had a he had an 85 lens. He had a 105 mil macro. He was <laughs> switching lenses. Oh my goodness. I, I literally think he just gave a shopping list to, to his company and they purchased everything. So, and he had two D4 bodies too. So no doubt they, they bought a backup for him. And I'm, I'm shooting this wedding and I, I can't help but be distracted by this person because I'm saying, I'm thinking, A, why is he here? And B, he has better equipment than I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At that time I was shooting with Canon 5D Mark IIs and I just, I couldn't help but kind of feel a little bit of a complex about it to the point where I approached him and I said, I'm Petro. I'm with Lux. I see you're taking photos. Would you like me to include you on this so that you get the shot? Because you seem to be hovering and you kind of distracting me at the same time. But if we work together, perhaps we can, you know, get, get the bride and groom the shots that they really need. At which point he admitted, he goes, actually, I never shot a wedding, always wanted to. This is my equipment from work. I work for such and such company. And I hope you don't mind if I take a picture or two here. And I was hoping that you can even maybe give me a tip here and there. To which I said, how about 
during the the, ser- the reception rather when when it's dinner time you come and you sit with me and i'll go and we'll look at, at the stuff that you've taken but in the meantime if you don't mind why don't you just hang back and just watch what i do rather than focusing on taking pictures because then you'll probably learn more just watching and and even seeing at the at the equipment i'm using lens choices etc to which he was really kind of thankful and he put his equipment away <laughs> and just kind of followed me and even helped me out a little bit um there was a point where i needed uh, uh to diffuse some of the light because we were out at a marina and there wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of trees and so he held the big reflector for me diffusing some of the light on the bride and groom and it turned out to be a very cool experience because um i learned about this person and i actually really liked him as an individual um i found out that he wasn't my competition he wasn't there as a backup he was there on his own volition and mm-hmm. the bride and groom they're enjoying their wedding the last thing that they're worried about is paying attention to somebody else taking their photos Mm-hmm. So lucky for me, the way this turned out, this could have this could have gone down completely differently. This could have gone down very badly if I was uh, not very diplomatic with this person, mm-hmm. um, you know. And um, really, I I don't think it's a bad thing for bride and groom to get additional photos mm-hmm. because when I go to a wedding, and I might be one of the few people. I encourage people, I encourage others to take photos, but I encourage others to take photos during the reception when I can't be at 30 places at once, when there's other things happening. I encourage them to take photos during the bride and groom getting ready, especially the parents. When I tell people, and this this happens at uh, the consultation stage, when I meet with a bride and groom and uh, it's we're talking about the day, how it's going to go, I tell them all the time, I say, you're getting all the photos from the wedding. Not every single one, but you're getting photos that I shoot. You're getting all of them. You're getting the photos that I take of you getting ready. You're getting the photos that I take of you at the church. You're getting the photos that I take of you at the reception. So there's no need for your mom and dad to take out their iPad in the middle of the ceremony (laughs) and hold it in front of my face, blocking you guys. Politely ask your parents to be present at your wedding as your parents and not mm-hmm. as second photographers. At which point they all say, you know what? Yeah, we're going to talk to them. Mm-hmm. We're going to make sure that they don't bring their phones or their cameras or anything. Because there's nothing worse than that. And one day when I have kids and they're getting married, I won't even bring my camera to the wedding, let alone my phone or whatever, because I'm, <laughs> I want to be engaged. And we've sort of been successful at advocating, you know, the unplugged wedding where, you know, leave your, leave your cameras uh, at home, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. But uh, at the end of the day, the, you, you will still get somebody. One of, the, one of the guests just wants to whip their phone out and take a picture. And that's okay. I, I totally encourage that. I'm very patient. And at the end of the day, I actually think that it makes the bride and groom it's contagious to them when they see that you're so calm and collected they're calm and collected and they kind of adopt uh that 
that approach to being photographed. And at the end of the day, you're actually getting much better photos. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never had um, much of a problem with people taking photos at weddings no. beyond, you know, standing in front of me during the ceremony. Like if, as long as people are sitting at their seats during the ceremony, it's usually fine. Um, yeah. And to be honest with you, I kind of like getting photos of all of the phones up in the air. And sometimes pictures. it's cool. It's, it's kind of entertaining. Um, the one time that it drives me bananas is when we're doing family photos and all of the aunts and uncles want to take photos at the same time. Yes. And the reason it bugs me is because I get the family in the photo looking in all different directions. That's right. So I've made a show of saying, all right, look at me, like ignore all of these other people. <laughs> yeah. This is the photo yeah. that, you know, it matters. Like look in, look at my camera and ignore them. And yeah, cause I just hate going through the photos later on. And inevitably there's one family member who's looking in a different direction than everyone else. <laughs> and it's, it's frustrating. It is frustrating because it, it makes you look bad. Because you're only as good as your weakest photo, right? <laughs> you're only as good as your worst exposure. And <clears throat> what happens at that point is, uh, you know, how do you diplomatically handle the situation like that? So I'll tell you what we do. Anytime, well, first of all, we use longer lenses. So mm-hmm. quite often I'll be standing 100 feet away. Yeah. For two reasons. One, it just crushes the background. It compresses it to the point where there's no distracting elephants. And... <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yes. The second reason is because people subconsciously will be like, oh, I'm in front of the photographer. I got to get yeah. away. So if they go behind me or way off to the side, then it's it's a little bit less obvious. Uh, but if if I'm limited to what I'm doing, if, the, if I just can't back up far enough, whatever, quite often what I'll do is I'll actually uh, jump in to help the the aunts and uncles and i'll say come on over here stand in front of me uh that way they all look look they all look at you at the same time and i do it kind of jokingly kind of very fun i'm not very sarcastic there's you know you can kind of feel that i'm a little bit sarcastic but i don't come off annoyed or anything mm-hmm. i do it as if i'm trying to help them like, come over here stand over here be right in front of them okay everybody look at uh what's your name sue look at aunt sue and everybody laughs, they look, and at that time, uh, I actually will will point and snap a photo as well. Yeah. And everybody's sort of looking at me too. Yeah. And I'll be like, cool, all right, you got it, Aunt Sue? Yeah, all right, I'm going to get back to work because I'm getting paid by the hour. And I'll throw <laughs> stuff like that in to, to just remind people, bride and groom have paid some serious money for mm-hmm. us to do the best job we possibly can. Yeah. And right now, you're being annoying. <laughs> GTFO, you know, but there's a double, go ahead. ahead. Well, I'll sometimes mostly just with the guys, like the older gentlemen, sometimes I'll sort of make fun of them. Like I can see them hanging around. And before (laughs) we get the family group all put together, I'll be like, are you going to pull your camera out? Are you going to behave? And you're just going to stand there and enjoy the moment. And sometimes I'll see them start to pull their camera out. I'm like, you said you weren't going to pull your camera out. Are you fibbing to me? (laughs) that usually goes over pretty well and we used to do that too um there yeah i still kind of could do that and you have to be that kind of goofy person yeah um 
we we tag along to a few weddings and sometimes we're guests at weddings and we see photographers work and really what it comes down to is being engaged into what you're doing the whole time uh, if you take a photograph and you look down and you start changing the settings and it, there's kind of 30 seconds of that awkward silence mm-hmm. you're losing your client they're thinking they their brain is now thinking about food or <laughs> you know oh my gosh i forgot my speech and they're 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 completely elsewhere mm-hmm. but being engaged and it helps to be kind of goofy and spontaneous and funny and you know <clears throat> i always kind of have a few jokes that i say at the at the house with a bride and groom or with just a bride and i'll set it up so that for later it's sort of an inside joke I'll kind of go back to it, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, uh, that kind of regains their attention a little bit. But back to the original questions about dealing with parents. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, parents. <laughs> so for the most part, I have to admit, we've been really lucky. And I think it it helps with the, the sort of the client that we're after. Um, the people we're marketing to tend to be you know, just the just. Their, their families tend to be a little bit more traditional, a little bit more loving and kind of trusting. And But every once in a while, you'll get this person who just is harder to deal with. Mm-hmm. And um, they, it's almost like they have their own shot list. It's almost like, they, they, you know. <laughs> right. Um, Sorry, I just want to jump in on that one. So you create a shot list before you go, correct? No. Oh, okay. So I do. Like yes, I do. create a shot list. And by that, I mean the family groups that the couple mm-hmm. want to get during family photos. Mm-hmm. So we create that list and then I give it to them and I say, take this to your parents. And if there's anything that your parents want to add, add that to the list. What a great idea. But somehow the parents seem to still have more people that they want to add on the wedding day. And so that's I perhaps think... why, why you would be having these issues. Well, um, I'm not saying they're issues, but it's something that you have to consider before you go into the wedding. Like it's going to happen. So even if you do a shot list, like you can't, um, like, don't freak out. Like just be patient. It's going to go at the speed it goes at. Like every single shot list we've created, uh, two things happened. One, we didn't shoot what was on the shot list. And two, we've added photos to the shot list that weren't there. (laughs) And I find it's a complete and colossal waste of time. Yeah. And when I photographed a wedding for your client. Mm-hmm. Um, we, oh, yeah, that went well. <laughs> we did go by the shot list. Yeah. But there, there was a couple of hiccups and everything. But, you know, we didn't we didn't freak out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I ho- hopefully you got good feedback and they liked us and, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but where when I stopped doing shot lists is because people tend to, clients tend to, uh, be very active online and, you know, listen to what's on uh, websites like The Knot and Wedding Ring or whatever. And these guys will often suggest, here's a list of photos that you may want to yeah. consider for your wedding. And those are the worst because they have absolutely every single possible. Oh, no. Yeah. And so- unfortunately, the client never thinks from the perspective of what photos do I want to have and look at and give to people. My my philosophy is this: photograph your whole family with your with your newly you know married with 
with your new spouse, with your new mm-hmm. husband or wife, and call it a day. Yeah. You know, because I to this day, I don't understand why mom and dad have to have the photo with just their daughter okay, or just so their son on their I wedding have, day. <laughs> I have a funny story for you about this, actually. And I think I might have told you a little bit about this before. I was really stressed out. Um, so I do the shot list, right? Um, okay. Just for family photos. Um, but I did a wedding a month ago, um, and downloaded all the photos, blah, blah, blah. A couple, like a week later, well, half of the family photos are missing. Like the small family groups are missing and I'm like losing my mind. Like, how do I possibly lose like the photos of the parents and the photos with the siblings and all that fun stuff? So I was really stressing out about it. And I had the photos of the large family groups. So mom, dad, siblings, spouses, and like, I think there were some cousins in those photos. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I gave, when I sent them their gallery, I called the bride and I said, look, this is what happened. Um, I have lost the small family groups. So when you go into your gallery, they won't be there. Um, and, you know, this is what I'm going to do to make it up to you. Well, I just heard from them earlier today and no comment about um, the family groups. All they had to say was, we love the photos. We have looked through them so many times. It is so difficult to narrow down which ones we want to get printed. Um, of we just love looking at them. And yeah, like when you get those ridiculously long lists, which I have gotten, um, you're probably not going to make it through that list. Um, you never and do. At the end of the day, the bride and the groom are so exhausted from taking photos. I have found when they have that long list, they just hit a point where they're like, I don't want to take any more family photos. No, let's not. And I I just say, are you sure? They're like, yeah, we can't do any more. Like, (laughs) let's stop. And that's exactly why we, why we went away from lists. And now we just, what, what I do is I encourage a list and I say, who is your best man? It's my sister. Does your sister know, or sorry, who is your bride maid of honor? <laughs> it could, a sister could be a I best know, man. Come on. That was at the last <laughs> wedding. The sister was the best man. So that's what screwed me up. Um, so it, fine. Semantics aside, who is, you know, is somebody in your wedding party that knows all the people on the shot list? Yes. Give it to them. Yeah. You know, we'll have, we'll, we'll retain a copy, give it to them. And we'll glance at it, but we don't follow it. And the reason for that is that I tried to talk people out of doing small groups. You know, yeah. well, let's do Aunt Sue and Uncle Jack with with just just you. And now Aunt Sue and Uncle Jack with you two together. Okay, Aunt Sue and Uncle Jack yeah. with their kids. And it's kind of like, <laughs> that's not, it's not their wedding. I'm thinking now that you're wording it like this that I'm going to have to change the way that I do this because that makes a whole lot of sense because I spend I mean it doesn't take long it's half an hour of family photos but Mm -hmm. you always lose someone and the number of times that we have lost the groom who thinks it's his job to go find the family who are missing for the photos like it's amazing to me and I by the way I'm standing there saying no 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 you stay here no, we'll send someone else to get them. And he still manages to disappear. It's astonishing right. to me. So that actually sounds pretty cool. And, it, and I actually use that as an example. I say, here's why I don't want you to take photos of just yourselves. It's your wedding day. Yeah. You're going to be in your wedding dress. Like yeah. you now have a spouse. Yeah. Stay together. 
hold hands the whole entire time yeah. and don't let go yeah. and they kind of get that they laugh at it and, and i mean that's that's part of being kind of diplomatic if you will you drive home a point that it's your wedding day it's it's the day of your union the yeah. time for you alone with your parents is when you're getting ready mm-hmm. and that that kind of tells a story so when you put these photos in a wedding album you're not putting a photo of you know the bride and just their parents and there's another can of worms to open up here is when the parents are separated or divorced and they hate each other but that's that's a different (laughs) that's completely different story that's a different podcast altogether no on top (laughs) i i will say to that i have never been to a wedding where the bride and groom have said our parents um do not get along and cannot be in a photo together and the parents have not been able to get it together to be in a photo together so every time a couple has said that to me, the parents have still said, well, let's do one together. They stand on either side and it's fine. You get a photo, everyone's smiling. I have photographed one where they they would have probably got into a fist fight if I tried to oh, put them yeah. into a circle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so what we did is we actually did two locations for family photos. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's, and it's too bad because it's your children. And unfortunately... Uh, the father wasn't allowed at the reception. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And this happens. This ha- this happens. People people are people. People are jackasses. And, you know, yeah, they, they sure. can't just put their differences aside. I've also been to a wedding where the divorced mother and father gave a speech together. And they called. Well, they said, yeah. our daughter, our daughter, our daughter. Yeah. It was actually the most expensive wedding I've ever photographed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the client's photography bill was $12,000. Nice. Yes. Uh, there was a team of four of us, and we started at 10 a.m. We ended at 2 a.m., I think. And, oh, jeez. Uh, it, was, it was a really wicked... <laughs> um, we delivered, we delivered uh, photographs to every guest as a favor at the end of mm-hmm. the night with the bride and groom's... Uh, it was almost like a, like a reception line photo booth. The bride yeah. and groom's name was at the bottom and we printed them all out at the end and packaged That's them cute. and put them on every guest table at the at the back of the photo. There was instructions on how to see the, the bride and groom's oh, wedding cool. photos uh, online, etc. It was really cool. And this is uh, this is the the planning of the bride. She said, this is what I want. And so we delivered. But her her mom and dad were divorced for a couple of years, maybe even more like 10 years, yet they still held it together. They uh, met people in the receiving line together. Hmm. And their spouses, who were also at the wedding, were totally cool with it. They sat at different tables and they allowed the mom wow. and dad to sit at, at the table together with uh, the groom's mom and dad. And That's really I, cool. I give people a high five for that. That's very rare. It doesn't happen very often. So, so the, there's, there's another kind of parent that I is probably pretty similar to that, that I'd like to discuss. And that is the parent that wants to do everything to make the wedding perfect. And they just want to make everyone happy. And they're just so invested in that, that it's kind of irritating. Not maybe not irritating, but it's a lot. Do you have an example? Do you have an example for us? I had a wedding a few weeks ago. um, And, you know, I'm showing up at this farm Um, and the mother wants to take me on a tour of the property before the wedding gets started. And she has like, her hair is up and like, she's not dressed yet and stuff. And she just wants to show me all of the locations. Um, 
where we can take photos. Um, and she has such good intentions and she just wants to help. And I just want her to take a breath and go and get dressed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, or I had a wedding a couple weeks before that. And the bride was, um, very high energy, um, and her entire family was very high energy and they all love each other just so gosh darn much. And, you know, they're very loud and excitable and they just all want to be so involved in every part of the wedding day that, you know, it was just a little bit distracting taking photos. Um, cause I'm trying to take photos of the couples and the parents are talking to them and standing there and watching. It's just a little bit awkward. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I had to say, you know, we're going to take some photos of the two of them now. So I'm going to have to ask you to go inside because you're distracting them. And <laughs> like they mean well, and they just don't see a problem with standing there and watching and I just so what happens if you done. offend them and they start crying or something? <laughs> well, thankfully or... that has not happened. Um, I think I word it pretty clearly, like go inside now, but I'm smiling and <laughs> I'm being polite and, you know, yeah, so I that's, tell them, you know, the go key. have, go have a drink and enjoy the family that you haven't seen in a while. And, you know, we're just going to be gone for like an hour taking photos and then you this get to enjoy where... them for the rest of the reception. This is where having a really good rapport with, um, with your assistant and your, yeah. you know, being able to communicate with the second photographer and just kind of, you know, point your <laughs> eyes at the mom while you're looking yeah. at the second photographer. Yeah. Um, Hannah and I have a language uh, of our own where she, she knows what I'm thinking and she'll quite often uh, intervene and just kind of take the people away. She'll say, yeah. and the best way to do this, the best way is come over here. I want to take some photos of you. Yeah. So it's a tip for everybody out there. When you have that distracting person, whether no matter who it is, it's come over here and t- I, I want some photos of you. Um, <laughs> the worst thing that your second shooter can do is nothing. Uh, is to yeah, stand there sure. with their, with her or his arms crossed and smiling during the first dance, you know? Yeah. Oh, so cute. Your camera should be glued to your face and you should be snapping those <laughs> photos for me, you know. Um, so then this is also true for when the bride and groom are being photographed alone. Uh, or if you're photographing, you know, the girl, if you're with the girls and they're just getting ready and you're focusing on the bride and the girls are just kind of standing around, don't know what to do. Your second photographer should say, hey, ladies, come over here. We're going to do some photos here, even if you don't use those photos. So this is kind of our our tip and trick for the day, if you will, you know, how to deal with, with other people at the wedding who are sort of in the wedding, but are getting bored, get them involved, pull them away from the focus. So if I'm shooting the bride doing some, some sort of a creative shoot and the girls are just bored to tears, Hannah just knows to, to pull them away and say, okay, ladies come over here and vice versa. If she's, if she's the one shooting them, I go, all right, ladies, let's go have some fun over here. And you give them a job, you, you, you assign, you make them feel special. And suddenly they go, all right, let's go. And and they forget what's going on. They lose, they lose what's going on. And so originally when, when we were talking about the parents, that's exactly what we do. So, Mm -hmm. um, when there is a lot of aunts and uncles too, quite often we'll find out who the parents' siblings are, right? And we'll, mm-hmm. we'll say, hey, guys, let's take a photo of you for a keepsake for later. Yeah. And then I will throw in things like, all right, this is a Facebook profile shot. So look good. 
and they love it they eat it up yeah. they and they allow one of us to continue working and producing you know what we've been paid for so with the wedding party i usually ask the bride and groom beforehand if there's anyone in their group that's going to be you know a bit of a troublemaker and usually it's a guy or okay. a couple guys and you know i make a joke of it um and then i'll usually pick on that person while we're doing the wedding party photos um because somehow, I don't know how this happens, but the wedding party, while we're doing wedding party photos, can have some serious difficulty focusing. <laughs> hmm. Like, they'll be standing there having a conversation while we're taking photos. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, not looking in the direction they're supposed to look at. Just completely out to lunch. <laughs> so, I try to, like, you know, pick on them a little bit, make fun of them. And then that tends to bring their attention back to me. But I find that um, with wedding party photos, family photos you kind of hit a point where you're out of patience and you want people to focus. And I, I think that my um, tolerance, like my point of tolerance is like directly related to the bride's tolerance level um, because I have never, you know, not lost my patience, but sort of reached the end of my humor and, you know, said, okay, guys, so this, like, we just have a couple photos left. Um, let's get them done. <laughs> let's focus. Um, and I get a little bit more serious, get them done. I've never done that. And afterward, not had the bride say to me, oh my God, thank you. Right. <laughs> like they're such a pain to deal with and I'm glad it's done. <laughs> I always want to ask, why are you putting them in the wedding? You don't owe them anything. They're probably, <laughs> you know, they're probably going to thank you later saying, thanks for not making me buy this suit or rent this tux yeah. or buy this dress um and i love weddings i love going to weddings i i loved my own wedding I absolutely think weddings are great partially because we rely on them to you know sustain our business and our lifestyle <laughs> but <laughs> I, i'm always questioning why people have large wedding parties i can't I, I can't wrap my head around it especially when there is five people in the wedding party and you're the last person who was picked and you you just kind of wonder and and personal experience too you know you just kind of wonder like why was i even picked what <laughs> what is my job here I don't, I don't want to stand here while they get married. Like they don't need me. That doesn't make their wedding better or worse. I, and maybe I honestly it's just... think, I honestly think people pick wedding parties these days for photos. I think that's why they pick it. Perhaps. Yeah. Because I mean, but... they, they serve no function today Zero. other than, you know, the person who is witnessing your marriage license. Um, you need, you, you need two people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously some people have their like super tight knit group of friends mm -hmm. that they put. In and the I can party. see that where yeah. they, they sort it's a revolving door of bridesmaids, right? So mm -hmm. five girlfriends who are each other's bridesmaids, fine. Yeah. But then there's going to be that guy and it's going to be the, you know, uh, the, I love you, man movie. wedding party. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen, I love you, man, you got to watch it. It's pretty funny. You know, what's really sweet. Actually. Um, one of the last weddings I shot, um, they had a reasonably large wedding party, but mm. remarkably the person who signed for the bride was her brother. He wasn't in the wedding party at all. And I thought that was, that was pretty sweet. And that, and that would make me feel more special. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
when Hannah and I got married, we got married in our backyard on a Tuesday, you know, wedding professionals can't exactly, uh, uh, just plan a Saturday because being a wedding professional, having a lot of wedding professional friends, none of them would show up to the wedding anyways. They're like, <laughs> I'm working. <laughs> and, um, uh, we had, uh, our witnesses, my, for me was my sister who I haven't seen for two years prior to that because she was living in China with her husband. Okay. <laughs> and um, uh, Hannah's witness was her brother, who mm-hmm. who I think was really happy and really excited to be uh, the witness. Um, Aaron, a year ago, was in a really bad car crash, and he's lucky to be alive, and he's mm-hmm. uh, recovered very, very well. But I think including him in everyday life events and special events like that just makes him feel better makes him you know yeah. makes his spirits higher mm-hmm. so that's that's my take on that but you you're right the, the minute you're going to get a larger party you're going to have just just more bodies that you have to deal yeah. with so how do you deal with it and i'm actually going to get to a question that we got um via personal question from one of the students and it's uh it, it go here it goes i photographed a family event it was a reunion for my neighbor one of their siblings is a famous actor who now lives in hollywood they don't see him very often however that the reunion is very special for them um, sorry it's just very small i'm trying to read it <laughs> during during the me assembling for a large group photo he refused to take off his hat, uh, possibly because he didn't want to be shown in public, etc. I've tried asking him to take off his hat, and unfortunately, he just got really upset, got really angry, and refused to take off his hat. What do you suggest how to deal with this person? Because the photo just has a very dark shadow under the brim of the hat and you can't even see his eyes oh it's a ball cap okay first of all i send instructions to all of my clients before we have a portrait session and i say no sweatpants no running shoes no ball caps no logos so if that's what they decide to wear after getting that instruction then i guess that's up to them Um, so it sounds like Sorry to interrupt. So it sounds like this is this is a family reunion, probably a large group, maybe twenty, yeah. maybe more people. Yeah. Um, and this person is just, you know, thinks he's holier than thou, and <laughs> thinks what that if, everybody needs to cater to him. So he just didn't just refuse to take off his ball cap. So one of my things at weddings is sunglasses, mm-hmm. um, and I always ask everyone to take their sunglasses off for family photos. Um, and I a lot of the time I will get people saying, "Well, we." they have transition lenses and they say, well, I wear glasses. Like I won't look like myself when I take them off. Like I won't be able to see (laughs) is the funniest comment I get. And I always just say, that's fine. You can wear your glasses when you're looking at the photo later. Um, (laughs) I have, I have had one person refuse to take his glasses off. And I think you can kind of tell um, the difference between someone who is just giving you a hard time, but will take your glasses off if you, will take their glasses off, sorry, if you push it a little bit and someone who is not going to take their glasses off. Okay. And I don't think it's worth fighting with them about it. That's so you what can I say, can everyone say please take their glasses off? You can tell if they just didn't hear you, repeat it. Um, and then you can make a point, you know, there's a shadow on your face. Um, I can't see your eyes. You look really out of place, but 
I mean, if they're not going to take their hat off, they're not going to take their hat off. There isn't much you can do about it. And I would hope that the clients wouldn't make a fuss about that later yeah, on. Yeah, I would love to see this photograph. But um, what, what I would suggest is that, um, you know, if, you, if you're dealing with a large group, just make sure everybody else looks good. Yeah. You know, and There's they, not much you can do about that. And I would hope that the clients would realize, you know, if, if someone got angry about it and threw a bit of a fit and said, no, I'm not taking my hat off, that, you know... There's nothing you can do about yeah. it. You can't and physically remove the hat from the guy's head. Like <laughs> No, and 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 it's not worth trying either. No. Uh, because you're, you'll just open up a new can of worms. So I photographed many weddings and uh, family portraits where the family member was disabled and disabled mm-hmm. to the point where they couldn't sit still, couldn't focus. And, you know, they're drooling or they're mm-hmm. making a funny face. And really your job at that point becomes... You, you have to do your best, but it becomes about making everybody lo- else look really good and fit the photograph. So um, one of the interesting things, you know, when I um, one of the first photographers I worked with when I did my co-op in college, um, one of the things that um, the guy I worked with said to me, it's, it's about making that person look how they see themselves. Yeah. So in that moment, make them look you know, as good as you can. Yeah. And learn to problem solve. So if somebody's wearing a ball cap and your biggest issue is, so it sounds like you're photographing with a flash, either you're bouncing it off the ceiling or you brought a light and you're pointing it down. Um, So problem solve on the spot, try to figure out how to go about it. So perhaps rather than taking off the hat, ask them to flip it backwards. You know, if if you're really concerned (laughs) about cataloging everybody's face and making sure that they're visible if they refuse to do that ask them to stand at the back um, yeah right so to elevate them as high as possible Um, or uh, you know if you can include a a secondary light from from below Uh, quite often when I photographed uh, uh, in my past life when I photographed a lot of bands and sometimes people wore uh, cowboy hats or ball caps we put uh, a very large soft box on the floor mm-hmm. and use that as a fill light or sometimes you just, you know, use that as the sort of the, the, the reflector. And uh, that, that you, can, you can try to approach it that way. One thing that I'm going to suggest is do not start a fight with this person. Yeah. Even I if think... they make you feel like crap, just smile back away and say, thank you. Thank you for your time. Don't be sarcastic and just yeah. just handle it as professionally as possible because you could really easily ruin your day just by being yeah. offended and you can ruin everybody else's day there by, yeah. uh, you know, just a family reunion. They're going to see that you're, that you're arguing with one of their family members. So um, <laughs> mm-hmm. remember that you're not a rock star. You're not a diva. You're a photographer. You're you're a service provider who's being hired. Nothing kind of nothing is a bigger pet peeve for me than watching photographers take assume a role where they think that they're they're the star of the show. Mm-hmm. You're a service provider. You you're on the same level as a clerk at a hotel. And hey hey, you, you are. <laughs> I am offended, Petro. <laughs> you should not be offended. You should, you should consider that. You you know you should make your client feel happy. Um, and yeah, and I think g- in cases like this, um, you know, 
when you're taking a photo of 20 people, they're not going to stand there for long enough for you to put a softbox exactly. down or whatever. You're like, they're only standing there for you to probably have like fast shutter, like 10 photos. <laughs> yeah. And so, so whatever, whatever this, this, you know, I'd love to have a little bit more uh, information on this, but take a, take away these, these things that, you know, try to problem solve on the spot and mm-hmm. you know okay if, if they don't want to take it off will they turn it backwards because maybe yeah. maybe they would look less of a jackass with a hat backwards uh, mm-hmm. rather than just or if you're you outside know. find some shade or yes i guess hopefully you're already in the shade um is the shadow <laughs> light enough that you can you know fix it in lightroom like can you bring up the exposure like and I, and in it's Lightroom? this is from a student, so I, I yeah. think there's still still a big learning curve to post production, yeah. etc. So, um, but one more point about uh, clerks at hotels, they <laughs> okay. tend to get tipped for a reason. Yeah. Have you ever received a tip at a wedding or after a wedding, Sophia? Yes. I've I've received tips fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. I always accept them. Because it makes me feel really good. <laughs> and up until recently, uh, well, the, the most recent tip has exceeded the highest tip prior to that by $50. We got tipped by a, a wedding client $600. Nice. That's, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, and the, the, this is before they even saw their photos. Yeah which made me want to edit their photos for a longer time and a lot better. <laughs> so I think it worked for that money anyways, but there's nothing, nothing feels better than knowing that somebody values your, and it's not me saying that I love money so much that give me money. It's, it's mm-hmm. nothing makes you feel better than somebody telling you, I value your work. You've made me feel really good at the event etc etc i this is how much i want this is how much gratitude i have for you that i'm actually giving you my hard-earned money you know even a thank you card has the same effect Mm -hmm. so receiving a thank you card from the bride and groom or even a postcard from the honeymoon we've had Mm -hmm. that too yeah Yeah, and it's kind of like you need to find something else to do (laughs) (laughs) well you know what i think ultimately um these people are going to be more happy with your work afterward if the experience that they had was good rather than if your photos are fantastic and you got in a fight with one of their family members. Absolutely. Um, so if this guy's wearing a hat and you didn't make a fuss about it, you asked him, you know, didn't go the way you planned, but you just smile and go on with it, they're going to be happy with the guy having a hat on. Yeah. They're going to be happier than if the guy left because you wanted him to take his hat off and he refused to take his hat off. So he left. And yeah, you're risking that big time. Yeah. So, um, the moral of the story, uh, be diplomatic as possible. Um, swallow your pride sometimes and just, uh, you know, learn to learn to problem solve and learn to deal with uh, the situation at hand. But um, if someone chases you down on a country road, <laughs> throw diplomacy out with no i'm kidding don't do that but uh, don't chase people down on country no roads. have you yeah <laughs> <laughs> have your phone on standby in case you and you know yeah. what i would i would suggest sophia is if it i mean can't go back now in time but um and in the moment you never think about this but you know 
record the video of the of the confrontation because yeah that was i guess that was an option but i i honestly felt safe like my doors were locked i only put mm -hmm. my window down a crack so that we could communicate like yeah i wasn't concerned for my safety but um that's good still uh, like my heart was racing like i was frightened to the point that my heart was racing kind of thing but of course <sighs> so um i think we covered quite a bit about dealing with uh clients and dealing with people um diplomatically uh, i will add the very last uh bit where i don't think i handled it well oh. uh, and it was recently uh hannah and i were asked to photograph uh people uh with at the ccma uh, event in london it was called fan fest and basically um canadian country music awards were held in london and we were hired to do some behind-the-scenes photography of the artists and the fans, etc. Kind of Mickey Mouse uh, project, really. Pays really well, but uh, you know, you're not you're not shooting the artist live or anything. And uh, one of the photographers uh, who was shooting the event, uh, and so the the way it worked was uh, the artist went up to do a live show. And after the live show, they went backstage and we got to hang out with them and the fans got to hang out with them and we photographed them, etc. So the person who was shooting the show live, I'm not really sure who he was working for, but he would run back and forth and he would run backstage and he would be whispering little tips to both Hannah and I. And we had two setups. Hannah was photographing her setup. I was photographing my setup. There were 10 country music stars who... Um, uh, we split into group, you know, five and five. And so after everybody went on stage, they got to go backstage, etc. So this guy would run back and forth and uh, he would tell me things like, you might want them to uh, stand a little bit further from the background. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, oh. it adds a little bit more dimension to the photo. Oh, like, okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> and right. then he would go and say something to Hannah, you know, and uh, then he would say something like, uh, I think your light's a little too high or he would constantly be um, telling me these little tips and tricks and everything. So I, I, I have to admit that three hours later, my blood was boiling. Mm -hmm. I, I can imagine. could not handle this guy anymore. And I just ignored him, smiled, nodded, everything like that. And, um, I made a comment to him and I basically said, um, so he, so he said that again, he's like, yeah, I, I still think you should have them a little bit further from the background. Um, uh, and I said, look, the background is full of sponsors. They've paid a lot of money to be on this background. I want it to be fairly sharp. I think they're fine. I, I we're cropping people in the background and you know we're we're cropping people a little close so so you could but you can still see the background trust me the focus is going to be on them and then at the end i added plus i'm not telling you how to do your job okay <laughs> the guy turned around and actually he was he stood there for about a minute with uh, awkwardly silenced he turned around and walked away just just yeah. super awkward. I think I finally got to him that, look, I'm a professional. I, I regret saying that to him because I know that I made him feel like crap. Um, I wasn't rude to him. I wasn't mean to him. I was just 
a bit of an ass. <laughs> Yeah. And and I honestly have to say that I that I could have handled it a lot more diplomatically, um, because my advice to another photographer would be humor him, have the people come up a little bit, photograph it when he leaves, go back to how you're shooting, you know, you know or you just can, ignore him. You can only tolerate. The, I mean, if you think about it, um, that kind of behavior. I mean, it's <laughs> that persistent criticism. It's a bit offensive and I don't know. I, I like that your response afterward is to feel guilty about making him feel bad when he made you feel bad for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I you never know? even looked at it that way. So I don't, I don't think you were necessarily out of line. You didn't, you didn't criticize him. You just simply stated a fact that you weren't telling him how to do his job. <laughs> and, and I, and I said it very sarcastically. I said, yeah. uh, you know, so, plus I'm not telling you how to do your job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but, but you know, you know what? I do feel bad and I feel like an ass and, um, and, 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 and it makes me, makes me think about, um, uh, some people in our industry who are just complete divas who, <laughs> um, you know, I, I lived, well, I'm not even going to, going to say, say too many details about this, but, um, uh, there's, there's people who are in the industry who I would meet. And one of the first things they would ask me is, uh, so you're still shooting a lot. It's kind of like, <laughs> why do you care? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't get it. Like, you know, we don't talk about anything else. When I meet you in a public, public space, you're, you're asking me if I'm still working in the back of your mind. What are you thinking? Why are you thinking that? And I just want to be kind of, a bit of a dick to them be like you know why do you but but i but i tell them the truth and i say you know what yeah we're working hard we're working lots <laughs> and then i'll just segue and say how's your family doing <laughs> i think this is this is turning out to be like a whole other topic i'm gonna have Absolutely, to add to the topic is. list <laughs> yeah we can we can we can rant about that it's now, it's now becoming a rant and and so um on that note uh uh, I think we can wrap it up and mm -hmm. uh, call it a day. Um, awesome. Thanks for, uh, thanks everybody for putting up with us. Thanks for sticking around. <laughs> a huge thanks is also going out to uh, cameracanada.com. And uh, just a reminder for everybody who's listening, if you can make it to the event on October 20th, I hope to see you there. I will be there. Both uh, Hannah and I will be there. Sophia will be there in spirit. Yeah, I and, will not be uh, there. <laughs> uh, if, Physically. You know, Come up and come by and high five us. Uh, we're looking forward to that. So, until next time, uh, this well, is this I has think been a we slice. should probably tell them where they can find us. Do we want them to find us? <laughs> well, I don't know. Now that you've said a little bit, I, I don't know. Maybe people are going to come All right. find us now. All right, tell them anyways. <laughs> so you can find um, us on Facebook. Where you're, yeah, we're you can called. find us on Facebook. Double Exposure Show. Um, we have a group there, so you should join it. And if you have any comments on this episode or if you have any questions like Petro's student asked that you would like some advice on, you can post it there because there are a lot of other photographers there and they'll probably have some advice for you. And it might become a show topic at some point. Um, also, Petro and I are both on there. If you want to connect with us on Facebook, we're also on Instagram. We will have a website at some point, but we're both busy 
And we have an email if you are too shy to post on the Facebook group or you are not on Facebook because you're one of those people. Um, you can email us at doubleexposureshow at gmail.com. And Petro is shaking his head at me for saying <laughs> one of those people. <laughs> what do you mean one of those people? <laughs> well, I'm guessing that all of the people listening to us will probably have Facebook if they're photographers because... You know, social media is so important now, but you know, you never know. I am working hard on getting Richard on Facebook, no, uh, my coordinator <laughs> at Lambton. But uh, until we do, we'll, 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 I'll keep fighting with him. So, anyways, <laughs> um, that, that's it's been a slice. Until next yeah. time. Okay. Bye, Pedro. Bye, Sophia. Bye, everybody. I totally almost hung up on you just now. <laughs>